The first thing that often comes to mind when we think of Lent is fasting. Fasting is the practice of abstaining from food for a set period of time. Sometimes it's defined in the broader sense of giving up anything that is pleasurable, such as chocolate or ice cream, TV or alcohol. It's common to hear that someone is going on a social media fast, or more generally, a technology fast. And while there's certainly a place for abstaining from these sorts of things, Ali made the point in our first reflection that reducing Lent to this spiritual diet plan really misses the heart of why we observe Lent, and it often doesn't lead us to a place of depth and transformation that we should expect from this season. Lent is a time for longing. It's a time when we long for Jesus and for the resurrection. It's a time when we both recognize and lament the brokenness in the world and in our own lives and turn towards Jesus to receive the grace, love, and healing that he offers to us. It's not a time about abstaining or turning away from something. It's a time when we turn towards someone. It's a time to move towards Jesus. So the good news is you can observe Lent without giving up the things that you love and enjoy. If giving up coffee for Lent is causing more irritation with your loved ones than longing for Jesus, well, go and grab a cup of coffee, sit down and enjoy it, and while you enjoy it, spend time with Jesus. Lent is about turning towards Jesus, not abstaining from the things that we find pleasure in. Now, all that being said, there is a good reason that fasting is so closely tied to the Lent season. And it is, it's important that we understand that reason. Scott McKnight, who has become one of my favorite authors, writes that fasting is the most misunderstood of the spiritual practices. Fasting, in the biblical sense, is all about longing. It's not about self-discipline. It's not about learning to say no to the things of the world or depriving ourselves of the things we enjoy. Fasting is a person's whole body and natural response to the weighty moments of life. There's a story in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, it starts in verse 18, and it goes like this. One day, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. And what Jesus is saying here is that something new is going on 
I am doing a new thing in the world. And what he means by that is this thing he calls the kingdom of God has come near. And we see the world responding. People are healed of ailments and diseases. Demons are cast out. We even see people are brought back to life from the dead. These are things that have never been seen before. God is doing something new. Therefore, it would make sense to engage with God in new ways. I I think about it kind of like this. Nicole and I, uh, we were long distance dating for the first year of our relationship. And during that time, we spent a lot of time talking on the phone with one another. But once we got married and moved in together, it didn't make any sense to spend hours talking on the phone together. Our old ways of engaging with one another were useless under the new circumstances. If fasting is about longing for Jesus to come into the world and make things new, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for his disciples to fast when Jesus is standing right in front of them making things new. It's like putting new wine in old wineskins. But don't miss what Jesus says in verse 20. He says that someday I will leave my disciples and then they will fast again. We live in a strange time. It's not like the world before Jesus showed up, right? God has revealed how he is going to bring about healing and restoration to the world, and and he's begun that work already. But there's still a lot of brokenness. There are still a lot of things that should cause us to long for Jesus to come and make new. So we live in a time of tension, and it's often referred to as the already and not yet. Jesus has already begun his work of restoration, but he has not yet completed it. So we, as people who follow Jesus and know what he is doing, should deeply long for that work to be complete. And according to Jesus... That deep longing should cause us to fast. So this is what I would encourage you to do in the coming weeks. As you are faced with the brokenness in your life, the individuals or the community around you or the world as a whole, instead of doing what we often do, which is try to move on very quickly and not think too much about it, I encourage you to allow yourself to sit in the brokenness and feel that sense of longing for Jesus. Long for him to come and bring healing and restoration to the world and to that situation. And to aid you in that moment of longing, I encourage you to skip a meal or maybe two. If fasting is something you've done before and are more comfortable with, you could set that fast for a little bit longer. This practice of fasting as a whole body response to life's weighty moments is something that I personally am very new to and have just begun practicing myself. And I have to say, it has really changed the way 
I look at the world. It has caused me to be more attentive to the brokenness in my own life and in the lives of those around me. I hope that you find it to be a very formative practice as well.